0: Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars.
1: Hello! Yes! Yes! I'm Sue Lewis Minahan, and founding host, astrologer of Top Cosmos Weekly Conversations, Awakening Your Authentic Self. And today is Sunday, May 29th, and it's during Seattle's annual NORWAC, that's Northwest Astrology Conference. For those that are attending it, Top Cosmos will be in the library, not the library, in the bookstore in the Summit Room. And for those that might be in the area, you can come over to it. You can't go to the lectures. It's sold out. But you can visit. And you can look at the books and that type of thing. And we have a bookmark. So come see us. And connect and subscribe for Talk Cosmos, YouTube. And we're also, as many of you know, on all favorite apps. And 1150 KNW YouTube and online formats. So like us. And we look forward to connecting this continuing season of the fifth season of Talk Cosmos. Tonight, today, wherever you might be, our subject involves a very mutable subject, which is the Gemini new moon, and it's 9 degrees and 3 minutes. You'd round that off to 10 if it's Sabian symbols, such as my little thing said. And we are with our subject, Recreating Alliances. So let's find out what archetypal symbols panel that we're ready now for will say about that. Thank you.
2: Synthesizing the current archetypal new moon energies through weaving symbol systems, such as Sabian symbols, numerology, Mayan novel energy days, or even Tarot,
0: connecting to the astrological data and concepts for planets and cosmos, This is your Archetypal Symbols panel.
1: I'm Sue Rose Minahan, founder of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary and eclectic astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing esoteric fields of eternity, a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of bodies, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician and write abundantly poetry to stories and celebrate humanity's individuated co-creative life force experience.
3: I'm Elizabeth Liz Machette, a professional astrologer, intuitive numerologist and tarot reader. I'm a certified sacred healing counselor providing nurturing in-depth consultations for individuals and couples. I am an author, blogger, speaker, and international Reiki master and teacher. I create safe space in which to explore the deeper patterns of your life, to clarify your current circumstances, and help you find your best path forward.
2: I'm Justin crocod Z, an archetypal astrologer, teacher, and author. I combine both Western Ancient Astrology and Modern Psychological Astrology with Eastern Vedic Astrology. And I specialize in predictive, electional, and karmic astrology for individuals and couples. I'm a certified aromatherapist and essential oil specialist and an herbalist. And I offer remedial modalities of plants for psychological life issues to empower clients with compassionate healing. I also do in-depth astrological research into arcane astrological concepts focusing on the mystical, occult side of astrology.
1: Eleanor Roosevelt once said, Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and And today today is a gift. gift. And And that's that's why it's called the present. Present. Ah, let's open it up. Let's find out what it has. (laughs) So it's a nine degree, three minute new moon in Gemini. So the new moon the moon and the sun are together at the same point and it happened at 7:30 on the east coast 4:30 on the west coast at specific time and if you're in London which is british summertime it would be at 12:30 in the afternoon which we're expanding because next last week we had um, Israel Ahosi on and there's people that are listening. So wherever you are, and that's also UT time, so you can figure that one out. It is transitional energies. Shall we start with a numerology? Who wants Liz or just, Justin?
3: Go
2: ahead, Liz. Go ahead,
1: Liz. Th-
3: <laughs> thanks. Yes, so um, the sun and moon are at 9 degrees, so I chose the number 9. And the number 9 is about bringing things to a concrete conclusion and finishing things up so that you can start again and if we rounded the number off to a 10 it'd be a one so it's new beginnings
1: boy that is hand in hand isn't it with recreating alliances and justin you always have thoughts about numbers yeah I, i
2: i totally agree with liz and you know that nine is about completion but it, it has a very Neptunian feel about the group structure. It's the last number. It's the bigger picture. And paired with the 3, the 9-3, it really speaks to what the Gemini moon is about, communications in the group, because 3 is the number of expression and communication. So it's expression of our expression within the group structure.
1: Well, I like this analysis and insight with the numerology, particularly because at this moment mercury is still retrograde. It won't go direct until this ap- the 3rd you know of June. And so we're in that very introspective time, you know, while it it went from uh, Gemini back to Taurus. Yes. Oh, you're adjusting something. <laughs> Well, I thought you had your hand up there,
2: Justin. No, I'm I'm looking at the Sabian symbols as we're
3: doing
1: <laughs> Okay, <this>. that's fine. <laughs> yes, Liz. The
3: tarot card that goes with the nine is the hermit, which is Virgo and is ruled by Mercury. So we're bringing that Mercury energy back in. And then um, the Gemini tarot card is the lovers, and that's the number six. So um, we're getting the six and the nine. And I know Justin wanted
2: to add something about the three. Well, I, I you know, it's on the 30th. So that's, it's, you know, the three zero is very powerful when it comes to communications. Three represents expression. It's, you know, when we look at the three in the tarot, it's about the growth of the suit. So it's expression of, of how we are expressing ourselves in the group.
3: And, and so really, we, go ahead. Well, it's like we've talked about the nine, the six, and the three. And so I always do the three, six, nine is the three is the first cycle of completion. The six is the second, and the nine is the third cycle. So it's like working on all those cycles, but then bringing it
2: to conclusion at the same time, too.
1: Yes, special and, layers. At, oh, go ahead.
2: And I was going to say one more thing about the numerology, because if you add up the numbers to the day, the five plus the three plus the two plus the two plus two it adds up to fourteen, which is a five, which is very Gemini-like number. It's, it represents change and youthfulness and that childlike wanting to explore. That's very Gemini-like, and so I think it it adds in you know new opportunities there. You know that that five energy.
1: This is exciting. Because Gemini does gather information, so it's going to be collecting on some terms, maybe not doing something deliberately with it right at that moment, but it, it, it's fodder, you could say. That's so true. So if we should, should we t- look at the chart? Maybe that would be a good idea. <laughs> All right. No best, yeah, here we are. So we have this chart because amazingly it is without really a lot of aspects the new moon right up there this is on the eastern and we put it for the east coast because we are part that's where the capital is and it constitutes the whole nation in a sense our energies but it would change of course wherever you live Um, But nevertheless, the moon and sun really haven't any uh, aspects. Ptolemaic, help me, I'm not saying that right. Um, Ptolemaic. Ptolemaic aspects, which happen to be the conjunction, the sextile conjunction together, sextile of 60 degrees, the square of 90 or the opposition of 180. The only thing it has is a square there to Juno. The wife of Jupiter, the right up here, this little starry gal, as we can see over there, and she is alliances, loyalty. What are we married to?
2: Well, um, did you want to read the? um, Did you want to talk about first the Savian symbol for this uh, sun and moon?
1: Good idea. <laughs> Let's do that.
2: <laughs> Cuz it actually talks about a little bit about relationship, but I go oh. ahead. Go ahead.
1: Okay. Okay. I will. Now, Liz, which one Shall we start with? The 9, the 10, or the 11? The 9. Okay. A quiver filled with arrows. And this is a and we might say Sabians for folks were in 1925 uh, Mark Edmund Jones, an astrologer with Elsie Wheeler, got together. And it's a spiritual context that is using, used more and more increasingly to give an insightful um, representation. And it is symbolic. So it's really a matter of how does one interpret it. And there are astrologers that continue to interpret it. And this particular one, looking from the notes, it's getting to the point, a clearer message.
3: And Justin and, probably has something to add.
2: Yeah, well, I, I always love to kind of, you know, uh, support what you say there, Liz, because I agree with you on so much stuff here. And I like to I'm going to go back to the eight degrees just for example, uh, just to kind of give some background here, because it talks about a rise aroused strikers surrounded factory. And Dane Rudyard's key note on that is that it's the disruptive power of the ambitious mind upon the organic wholeness of human relationship. So I think that's what kind of comes into before we talk about that, you know, that, that quiver that this is about is, as, as both of you have been talking about here, this relation, this communications and relationship.
1: If, if we look at current events without even getting political, we realize that there are numerous traumas depending on where one is in the world, or how one thinks politically. And regardless of how you think politically, something is traumatic in the days that we've been living, in the days we are, and besides even COVID. So what I'm getting at is that other Sabians too, just from what I looked at, there is, I think, what I'm tying together with what we're all saying, but with this one in particular, is that we're coming from a point where humanity has been really trying to exert itself without much regard. I think it'll show evident later with with nature or with others. And it's disruptive. That's what I'm picking up right here. Yes. Would you? Okay. I agree so with where that. Where are we headed? Yeah. If we came from eight and we're in nine right now. I'll read it. A quiver filled with arrows. Okay, so we're getting to the point, and it's a clear message, so we're getting that um, information, right? We're going to figure it out. But 10 really gives us maybe where we're... Liz, go ahead with
3: this. Oh, an airplane performing a nosedive. And I had to really contemplate that one for a little bit, but my little take on it was that we're facing our consequences and i would assume you know a pilot has to learn how to do a nose dive and recover from that so that would be part of training but at first it seems kind of scary but it it's not because you need to to know the ins and outs of your
1: airplane well there was i will add really quickly my husband was just reminding me a terrible event in china and it was a deliberate nose dive (laughs) so i will say that there could be a point of no return depending on that so it It is a danger.
2: Yeah, and you know, um, Dane Rodyard's take on that, that that quiver filled with arrows was what you were just talking about there, Sue. So his keynote on it was that it, it represents that uh, in Gemini, that arrow, or that quiver filled with arrows, uh, man's aggressive relationship to natural life as a basis for survival and conquest. So there, there seems to be here sort of this very strong um, mental power and communications power and conquest. And then the nosedive, Dame Rudyard, um, just to back up what Liz was saying, he talked about it as a superior ability to challenge nature and play with danger. So it's sort of this mind versus matter, you know, aspect um, that kind of overlays on what Liz was just saying there.
1: And I, this is very appropriate because You know, we—if you look at this new moon in Gemini, it might—it has depth to it to say, really, to 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 think through with some clarity, the best one can, or gather information to understand better where we've perhaps what we need to recalibrate, what needs to be refocused on, and if we have new alliances coming up, like here in this chart with juno representing what are we attached to perhaps it's not all our mind and us against nature working with nature and then of course we have those big powerful neptune in its own sign of pisces and and jupiter that just uh conjunct and i think mars just conjunct jupiter so there's the the influences are definitely with the activation of Mars and the big expansion vision of Jupiter and Neptune that dissolves everything trying to say, look, let's figure out how we're related with nature and, and spirit again.
3: Right. Making a new relationship with, you know, I'm going to make a better effort to recycle more as an example. It's like making new relationships with that. And then, um Juno is sextile to Uranus so it's Uranus is wanting to help us make those changes.
1: And, and what well, was think... that my my camera froze. What was that again oh. Liz? I'm sorry.
3: Um Juno is sextile to Uranus.
1: Oh okay. Thank you.
2: Yes. Uh Justin, sorry. Yeah, no. I I think um you know, when you look at this, I, I was I've been telling clients that with this Jupiter moving into Aries and conjuncting Mars and then, of course, with this Gemini, it's a very action oriented thing going on here. There's going to be a quickening of energy, sort of this, you know, really it's speeding up with that Aries and Gemini energy together, I think it's very action oriented. I don't know if you you all agree with that. Oh,
1: absolutely, and chaotic. I think that is part of maybe what we need to accept. I know I was pulling my own cards on, on various issues and it said, you know what? It made me realize part of my own resistance was the fact that I was dealing with some chaos, that things weren't as orderly as I'd hoped, that things kept coming into my life that I hadn't necessarily invited. But that doesn't mean that it's going to derail us. It just means that we're in turbulent waters. Because, yes, I'd say with Mars, it is an activation, as we know. And in Aries, its own sign, it's a fire sign. It's instinctive. You know, it just reaches for what, it's, it, what it it desires. It doesn't stop and think. It just moves. That's the beauty of it. But also, and with Jupiter, it expands anything. So, and what with air, it, you know, right here in Hawaii, we've had a lot of big wind. And I was trying to look at the charts to say, but I know that Mars is conjunct. Well, this was actually a while back where Mars is conjunct uh Ju- uh, Uranus, but right now today Mars is conjunct Jupiter, so air and fire can be wind and heat. And
3: well, and I'm wondering you know, if that's some of the fires because there's been fires in New Mexico and Texas and the Panhandle, and and the, those are just the ones that I'm hearing about. And so it's like there's you know be
1: careful with fire. But- Fire is to be respected. I remember in the mythology, Prometheus was severely punished by Zeus, the great god of the heavens, of all the gods, and it, because he gave fire to mankind, because mankind is just a little piece of clay from earth, but he gave fire. And I was been thinking about that. I just saw a note on it. But I think really it's that whole idea that if humanity can respect the spirit and the fire within that we have not think that we are the total fire but that we're part of the whole spirit and fire of the world you know kind of like the uh, early native cultures wherever they might have been we're very thankful gratitude
2: Yeah. I think you know like we were t- reading that Gemini 10 degrees you know of that moon and sun that airplane performing a nose dive is really um is sort of this risk taking right and 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 I think that's energies coming really into play now that I'm telling you know I'm Uh, people that this is going to be a really good time when a lot of people are going to be starting new projects. It's a good time to start new projects. That Aries beginnings and initiation, it's a good time uh, for getting things going, really, you know?
1: Especially with the Uranus that you were bringing up, Liz, too, thinking about both of this because Uranus is the unexpected and, you know, the planet itself goes sideways and backwards, which is totally unexpected. But, It is, just speaking astrologically, we have um, it conjunct that north node where we're headed. And what's in tension with it is our structures that we're recalibrating, that Saturn, just to repeat in a different way, you know, what
3: to to support. The the Mars and Jupiter can assist in doing new things because it can show us new opportunities and maybe... Like we have a plan and we're going towards a certain direction, but then something else comes in. So Mars is always willing to try new things or and not have to think too much about it. It's just like, oh yeah, I'll try that. So I call it really trailblazing energy. Mm. Um, you know, they're willing to try different things, and one of them might just stick. It's and Jupiter, I would think, would help that. So. And, you yep. know, maybe give energy to be able to do some of the things because, you know, a few months back, I was pretty tired for a while, but now I'm get, recouping my energy. It's coming back every week stronger and stronger. So Same I don't here. Know if you've Same had that. Same here.
1: Yeah, I've heard from quite a few. In fact, maybe it was the Pisces. So much dissolving. So much needing to kind of. Justin, do you have some thoughts about that?
2: No, I, I, I agree with both what, what you're both saying and I think it's um it's um, you know you know we're moving from that that Pisces twelfth house to that, that Aries first house and it's gonna be definitely a time very good for entrepreneurship, starting new projects. Um but with Jupiter there is again a, a caution about uh burning out. Right. That because mm. th- that Jupiter will magnify that Aries aggressiveness. <laughs> so
1: one other thought is that there's a lot of fix fix fixedness, fixity in the chart. In other words, the energies right now. And I'm thinking with all of this burst and this, this dynamic urge to move and expand and direct. There's a certain amount of resistance because, as I'm saying, you know the no- nodes are in fixed signs and Saturn's its intention is in a fixed sign. So it is internal still. There's a great deal of internal work pre- working with all of this. It isn't just where we're maybe wanting to go out, especially with Gemini is a Yang sign, but the others are have, you know, there's still kind of a struggle.
3: And taste not- yourself. And then I want to go to the um, Sabian symbol for the Midheaven and Juno because they're both at 12 degrees because they play in um, to this chart an examination of initiates in the sanctuary of an occult brotherhood. So it's like you have to prove what you know. And to me, it felt like just being able to know what you know and what you don't
2: know. That's yeah. What yeah. And you know, that, that segment, I, I find Liz and with that, that, that particular segment of the saving symbols. Also there's sort of this motivation with that segment of the saving symbols that it's, it's, it's speaking to the need to have some sense of certification and um, from others and from the collective Uh, So there's sort of this reaching up, you know, that brotherhood helping the initiative and reaching up towards accomplishing something and and getting a certain level of of certification. And with Juno, um, I think Juno's in the 10th house there, right? So that's kind of so that highlights that status um, or or, uh, uh, one's position or role or status within the collective, the 10th house. Um, I think we'll be highlighting that, you know,
1: so is it going to thirteen, Liz with and yes, yeah, in- and then
3: the next one would be thirteen, an ancient sword used in many battles, displayed in a museum. so there's like the you know, to show the history, um you know, when it was appropriate to pick up the sword, perhaps so that's the moving to the 13th degree in um pisces there
1: so okay and of course pisces is ruled by both jupiter and neptune and uh it's interesting that if if it's a sanctuary and a cult brotherhood in other words it's it kind of references this whole idea again i keep repeating you know this idea of our alliances who are they with it's not just who makes the well, for some reason i think of a, a making a key you know and it's a, a locksmith once mm-hmm. you want to make a key for the locksmith well yes you need the locksmith to make the key but yet for some reason i'm thinking more Esoterically, what or symbolically, what that key would be for—the key to open up this this linkage with the the people of our common minds. Because Saturn is an Aquarius, you know, it wants that common. Like Norwak, thing about that conference is they're all astrologers, so there is that like-mindedness on some level. You know, of,
3: of yeah, thinking.
1: it's time for a break. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, I don't know if I tied up any thoughts here except that this is the 29th of May. The new moon will be tomorrow. Today, we're talking with archetypal symbols with Justin Crockett Elsie and Elizabeth Liz Mouchette. We'll see you in a moment. We take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the period of Gemini. By leaving a cycle based on physical form integrated through spirit, the energy of Gemini connects spirit with matter, focused on communicating and defining the external. Gemini is a mutable air sign signifying flexibility. Gemini duly focuses upon teaching and learning in order to synthesize the world one lives within.
0: It's Dr. Laura Tad, and I wanted to let you know about my course in Personal Mythology. Now offered as a self-paced online class, you can explore the stories you live by and those you have inherited from your ancestors, culture, and society. This course comes with eight 30-minute check-ins with me as you move through each of the modules. Enrollment is ongoing. For more information or to register, please go to my website, mythicsky.com. Oh. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show.
1: Hello, this is Madam
3: Simon, Archetypal Astrologer and Tarot Reader, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM where we unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness.
2: Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150.
1: Hi, and welcome back, everybody. Thank you for listening and tuning in and liking Talk Cosmos. And we'll continue with our new moon in Gemini at 9 degrees. Let's round it off to 10 but it is 9 degrees and 3 minutes and we're with archetypal symbols we look at it through the lens involving the sabian symbols these symbolic references and numerology and so interestingly i'm wondering maybe we should talk about saturn or mercury because uh they they're actually in tension to each other with, with these two that are really dynamic with our direction. So Liz, um, should we start with mm, our Justin? Can I, yes. can I
2: say one thing really quickly? Can we kind of, I kind of wanted just to kind of finish up where we were last on that. Sure. mid Heaven and Juneau. Um, because I was looking uh, ladies at that, the next degree or that last degree of 15, which is valorization. So it, it you know, and as we look at the mid heaven is ultimately what a person's trying to accomplish or what that pinnacle is. And, and, it seems to me with Juno and Pisces that there's some level of trying to, um, that whatever we're doing, this action and this quickening is for something that's greater than ourselves. You know, that Piscean, um, sacrificing and qualification and, and trying to align with something that's more spiritual or, or more socially aware, you know, I don't know. What do you all think about that?
1: Oh, that supports everything that I've been saying. It also goes along with recreating alliances. It, I I, I love how you express that. Liz. And
3: if it's okay, can we go to the ascendant next? Because it talks about. Sure. Uh, you know, being in tune with nature. And we were kind of talking about, you know, the natural yeah. influences in nature. So uh-huh. the ascendant is three cancer, a man bundled in fur leads a deer. So to me, that was about using our instincts to overcome and move forward. It's like you have, you know, have animal instincts almost in a way to be able to tune in.
1: And we need to remember that. Yes. let's just. Is- exactly we are a mammal this whole idea since the greeks when they took their mythology and divorced themselves from the animals which i can understand it was a rough world people had to be elevate and try to have a civilization but again it was like throwing out the baby with the bath water no i like i agree
2: <laughs> and you know i like the the next two on that one that it's telling us kind of at the same time, I feel there's like a caution there, because that next one, which is a cat arguing with a mouse, the four degrees cancer, it's really about that emotional justification. You know, I always like to tell people the cat arguing with the mouse saving symbol reminds me of Tom and Jerry. Oh, you're supposed to eat me. No, I'm not supposed to. You know, so there's sort of this emotional rationalization to how we're moving forward. And then, of course, the five degrees which I believe, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Liz, is a, a railroad crossing, an automobile railroad wrecked by a train. And it's sort of like the, I'm trying to rationalize uh, emotionally what's happening here. And there may be where I, my rationalization is different than everybody else. It's sort of banging up against a sort of the, the wall there you know
1: consequences of actions i think is what liz had put down and that's exactly right and just think during this mercury retrograde time when we're rethinking reevaluating, reviewing everything how perfect to be arguing with a mouse and uh, and and wondering but that where we're headed is thinking about pro not just the pros and cons but the consequences or, or as you had said uh, rationalizing. Yes, that's so in tune with this whole Gemini information. Well, not our- when
3: mm-hmm. arguing is going on, you're not hearing the other person, and if you can have it be constructive that you hear the other person, lots of times it's like, oh, that's what I wanted to do anyway. But you were so arguing that you couldn't hear them say what they were
1: saying. <laughs> oh, I love <laughs> yeah. it. Thank that's you. It. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
3: So now yeah. we can go on to um, Mercury and Saturn if you like. Sure. Which one? Well, Mercury 26 is a Spanish gallant, serenades his beloved.
1: You have shared feelings, which seems right. very appropriate.
3: And communicating.
1: And so that's where we're coming from. That's what we're, we're we're coming from is this point of a gallant, um, a gallant. Now I suppose that's a military person. It's not a gallant person, but it would be a military or nonetheless, it, it's someone of authority, right? Some kind of official title, yes. But uh, trying to to connect, I guess, by sharing their feelings, yes. So I then, think so yeah. About you,
2: Justin. Well, I I I agree. I agree. You know, it's sort of, um, uh, sort of um, what Dane Rudyard talked about—the the, uh, ritualization of individual desires or the role playing that you know a person's supposed to act a certain way and and how we relate to others that we kind of fall into that. Um, you know, the Spanish gallant serenades his beloved, sort of a role we play.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, think of the, like, for instance, De Deverziak, you know, who Sarah, I was thinking of this, the role-playing. When you talk about role-playing, it's, it's like that's exactly what the times are trying to figure out. What is appropriate to how we manage our relationships and how do we redefine So much that we can connect deeper and more pure and get away from what artificial roles that may have been operating in a world that needed that kind of distinction. But now times are changing where the equality is becoming between individuals, whatever one's sexuality, it's on a more level field. And so opportunities everywhere are open to anybody. And so we can be more authentic, you know, to be ourself. So when you say role, which distinctly comes to my mind when I think of a Spanish uh, serenade, I mean, gallant serenading to their beloved is so antiquated. Yes.
2: And what's your, what's your take on the, the next degree, Liz? Uh, An older Indian woman selling
3: beads or trinkets. And I know in Rudgar's, he says that she's selling artifacts and it's like, okay, you know, why would you sell your artifacts? Do you need financial help or, you know, it's interesting because I kind of um, look at Linda Hills too. And I like, you know, selling beads because they, um, Native Americans usually have different beads. Um, that they use or crafts and stuff, but then when it was the artifacts, it's like, well, those would be wor- more valuable.
2: Right, right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
3: So
1: so you know, how does that go? Uh, let's continue with that expansion a little bit, if I can, because it's in Mercury. This is the energy that Mercury in Taurus, of course, is kind of Um, going forward now, going back, it's just left 26, which it had, you know, started to go direct, well, still retrograde. Yeah, we're still retrograde, that's right.
3: Well, and Mercury rules commerce too, so she's selling something, so that's,
2: you know, Mercury rules that already. Yeah. And we often don't think of that. Yeah, I agree, I agree, and I like how it goes from a individual what our role is to now we're kind of dealing with that commerce and the collective, you know, and, and focusing more on, on the collective uh, uh, communications, of course, and how, you know, the collective is, we're involved in the collective from a Taurus perspective.
3: Well, and that Mercury's conjunct the North node. So um, possibly people will have, different ways to make money their jobs could be changing um, new ways of communicating Um, I mean we're already getting into electrical cars I mean we're on the road to that so it's like what other kind of things
1: well let's look at the north node then that's 22 degrees Taurus and of course it goes retrograde as a natural cycle or so, in other words, it'll go from 22 to 21. But 22 Taurus is a white dove flying over troubled waters. So you could overcoming crisis. And then the next one is 21 Taurus. I'm reading the notes from what Liz provided. A finger pointing to a line in an open book which you put down as discern. So again, this has very mercurial ideas, even though it is in Taurus. We're in Mercury right now. That's the planet that is in those particular signs as it goes back to its final resting point at 26 Taurus. But
3: um, well, and we could look at a page in a book and the three of us, it could mean something completely different to each of us.
1: So there's a lot of communication yet to be had, isn't there? <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and, you know, information coming in. <laughs> exactly. And you're, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Liz, because it's, you know, Dane Rudyard, because we know that Taurus is about values. And and he talks about this sort of, sort of that 21 degrees is about discerning uh, what values really are meaningful to you, to you personally, and so you talk about how we three could look at the same thing and see it so differently. That we, it's really about kind of discerning about, uh, you know, again, what's meaningful to each of us personally.
1: And I like this going back earlier to what you had said about there's with. Mars and Jupiter, which we're experiencing now, so much coming in that it's just like, well, I had put chaotic, you know, with just energy coming in because there are going to be lots of voices. Jupiter wants a lot of voices and a lot of people expressing differently their view on everything. So let's look at Saturn and see what... the. The authority master of how he's breaking his rhythm in Aquarius. Aquarius, you know, is the new uh, rhythm. It breaks things up.
3: Okay, so um, 25 Aquarius is a butterfly with the right wing more perfectly formed. So learning to compensate to create balance.
1: (laughs) No, because it... uh, so that's where it's coming from. It's still trying to return to same Samo old, same old, in a way, or at least make it functionable under duress, you could say. Um, so where is it headed to? 26 Aquarius, a garage man testing a car's battery with a hydrometer, part of routine maintenance. So I suppose, does, would you say that would be as though uh well that's part of the fix it business isn't it because if you have a broken wing you're trying to find out okay how can we repair or what would you say what would you both say
3: well we've been compensating with covid and now we're getting back out there and maybe we haven't done the repairs to our house or the repairs to the car or the repairs that our own body needs. I mean, we could have been putting off a surgery, perhaps that wasn't didn't need immediate attention, but it needs some attention. So
2: um, I
3: would say it's like kind of review and, you know, all this information coming in and Mercury's retrograde. And it seems to me like always a lot more information comes in with Mercury retrograde. And it's like, so it's these repeating themes throughout this chart of, I would say take the time to process it all.
2: Right. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting you mention that because I've I've had a couple of clients recently that are dealing with, with issues in the collective. Because we know that Aquarius rules the eleventh house of the collective. And and it and and they're wanting to run away from it, but they can't because because Saturn's saying, No, you gotta stay here, be disciplined and deal with um, these things and Dane Rudyard talks about these two degrees as sort of this, what you're speaking to Liz of finishing up with transformational uh, transformation of these this air, um, emotional energies and mental efficiency and, and kind of clearing out the house, you know, the, of this, of, uh, of that. And, and I think in a lot of ways, Saturn's, um, causing for for some people sort of this you've got to just stick with it you can't really run away you got to you got to deal with uh, that aquarian energies
1: yeah still be accountable is what i'm getting is be accountable and rely and responsibility i like how the practicality comes through from what you're both saying and you starting with liz because i would not have identified that to me a butterfly is all oh, I'm flying around, and I got a little trouble here. <laughs> Where's my wand, but you're telling me, hey you know it's it's a different um concept, so there's there's hope
3: well, and I'd like us to go to Mars and Jupiter next because we've been talking about okay. them a lot, so um Mars is at three degrees, so we're gonna start there at three Aries. A cameo shows the profile of a man that suggests the outline of his country. And, you know, I had to think about that one because, of course, what they say in the book, it's like I still have to think about it. So I I came up with seeing the whole picture and how the pieces fit together.
1: Oh, a cameo. Now, a cameo is beautiful. Immediately that shows, you know, the oval and it's very old. You know, it was what people used to have, I think, their portraits of their beloved, their mother, their wife, there's somebody in it, yes. But this has a profile of a man that suggests the outline of his country. That's most amazing. I think of like the Scots and or the Irish or the Welsh had their coat of arms, right? The, you know, the arms. Mm-hmm. But a picture that would show. But I don't know if any of that. Justin, how would you, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: Well. I'm going to bring this up because sometimes I find the Sabian symbols can be so literal to certain things happening. For example, last year, uh, not last year, but uh, during the election year, there was a Sabian symbol right around the time when um, uh, Biden picked Kamala Harris. It, it, it was the Sabian symbol was speaking to at that particular time um, about a, a woman introduces the her white lover to the tribe, you know and and now we've got this uh the cameo profile of a man suggesting the shape of his country you still there yes okay um and and so this kind of brings to me kind of what's happening with the whole ukrainian thing um you know this is quite literally we've got two leaders here that have a sense of the profile of their country you know (laughs) And uh, so I think sometimes these saving symbols can be so literal to real world situations, you know. So the cameo profile of a man suggesting the shape of his country, I think, is Mm. you could bring in the concept of Putin or Zelensky, you know, and and how 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 that Jupiter Aries conjunction may play into certain real world events.
1: Thank you. I had forgotten to plug in, speaking of, of energy, <laughs> and I kind of deleted for a moment, but I came in right at the punchline. Thank you, Justin and Liz. Well, let's move right into four Aries, two lovers, Scroll, not scrolling.
3: Strolling. I made a Stro- mistake.
1: <laughs> we're scrolling. I like that word. Let's scroll through life. Yeah. Okay. We're strolling on a secluded walk taking time out
3: and mm-hmm. for each other
1: oh so in other words we're not caught up in their drama these political people which you were aptly mentioning because we are—we have to get grounded we do live in a world that has unknown factors that you know are happening and uh, but meanwhile we don't have to be totally consumed by it maybe is that it we can still meditate or, or try to become who we are to share in this world, who we are. Is that one way of looking at it? Maybe.
3: Sure. And, you know, just taking time out for your loved one.
1: Oh yes, that's right.
3: (laughs) I mean, if we have relationships, I always feel like relationships need to be nurtured. And
2: if you don't spend time together, how are you going to nurture it? Right. Right. And you know, when we look at Aries energy, it's very all about me. You know, uh, I I always love that country song. I, I want to talk about me. That's very Aries like, you know, and we see the this first one, the, 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 the we're talking about an individual person seeing the shape of his country. And then we move to relationship here. So the Aries a lot of time, the opposite, which is that Libra. I I feel that this was kind of telling us, like you're saying, Liz, we have to pay attention to the other. We have to pay attention to those relationships. And it's not all about me, that that Aries Mm -hmm. wanting, that independence, you know? Exactly.
3: Beautiful.
1: Oh, you guys are great. Mm -hmm.
3: And I did go another degree because, you know, Mars was at three and Jupiter was at four. And so the five Aries is a triangle with wings. So I called it transcending, reaching to for a higher level
1: oh yep. the the butterfly yeah. got its wing okay no this is a triangle <laughs> with wings oh oh a triangle well yeah okay <laughs> let's work on that one that sounds good okay what are your thoughts transcending reaching a higher level well it goes back to that three doesn't it a bit as we were talking about very earlier, the three not six, nine. We know that three is three levels. There's so much in our world that has past, present, future, or on a spiritual basis. There's many, many ways. And then again, the three, six, nine, which expands on. And here we have a triangle, three sides.
2: Well, we, you know, if we put it in context of like that, where we're, everybody's kind of at right now, and that Jupiter, Aries energy, people are going to want to go out. You know, do it themselves, that very Aryan energy, but I think the universe here is saying you know there's a there's a a way of looking at it, working with others, that as we start these new projects, as we do these things right now, that it's it's about as Liz was saying, a new dimension, a new way of looking at it and working with others versus always trying to do it ourselves, like that Aries energy, you know. I don't know what you think about that. It's a
1: recurring theme I'm hearing. Both of you expand on that I so much enjoy because Gemini, rooting it back to Gemini is, you know, rules the natural third house and it's not just about the self, it's about the sibling and it's about also if you look at Mercury, it's or the twins, it was the mortal and the immortal, so it has it's it's really about the the interior of spirit with with matter. So here it is again. You keep bringing up the, not just the self, but coordinate, you know, connect.
2: Well, that kind of speaks to your, your theme, recreating alliances.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it does. Which is an unknown factor. I think, I don't know where I put that here, but I did read, maybe it was in the very beginning, I think, of this one, going back, because I was, noting a bit here, but it is where 11 Gemini, I don't know if we got to 11 because it was 9, 10 and I mixed up, but if we went to 11, would that be safe? Well, it would be, yeah, because, okay, it would be. Then it's really new beginnings. It was newly opened lands offer the pioneer new opportunities for experience. And the key word, according to David Rudhart Which I love, his mandalas, is the power and joy of new beginnings. So it's facing unfamiliar, where anything can happen. And it's individualization, that virgin field of consciousness and activity. Wow, what a great world for Gemini to be jumping into. I mean, I think that's a good promise.
2: If you hadn't told me that was the Gemini Sabian symbol, I would have said, wow, that sounds like an Aries Sabian symbol. Oh. You know, new well, beginnings. I
1: su- yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But that's an interesting thought. It's always on everything level, right? Because, well, I'm thinking of Aries is so much for identity and it's totally unknown. But you're right. Here it is. And I wonder if that's 11 because it goes in the next decan. Do you think so? It would be from Gemini to, um, to you know, more about the decans. Here, but it would be the libra decans but still that doesn't but it would be unknown the other person is unknown quantity right i mean it's not us
3: well and it's like it's really interesting because we still have quite a bit of fixed energy in this chart but it's asking us to have all these to me it's asking us. the saving symbols are really talking about cardinal initiation starting things a new beginning fresh starts and how we partner with people. I mean, on every level you can think of. Yep.
0: yep.
1: Ah, what a beautiful way to surmise this delightful conversation with the both of you. This is, <laughs> and I'm Sue Roseminihan of Talk Cosmos. And I'm speaking with our archetypal symbols panel with Justin Crockett, and Elsie, archetypal astrologer, and Liz Mushat professional astrologer also of many fields and we'll be at Norwalk today on the 29th still so come check us out and what new beginnings we don't know what new beginnings we just know there are new beginnings any last thoughts I think we have a second here <laughs>
3: see you next month for the new moon (laughs) in cancer
1: (laughs) well that'll be the solstice too happening yeah there's many changes aren't there well we're in for the ride okay thank you
0: thank you for joining us on talk cosmos the show where sue rose minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.